If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Phil Spencer, head of Xbox... And you're listening to IGN's Podcast Unlocked, which my interns tell me is a pretty good show. Podcast Unlocked. How's it going, everybody? We did it. We did it. Marty's back. I did, man. Podcast been, Unlocked, the world's number one time. Xbox podcast. Episode 213 for September 23rd. Fall is officially here, and I'm officially old. Had myself a birthday over the weekend. Woo! Oh, happy birthday, man. 21. Thank you. Finally 21 again. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! 35. That's wow. just not okay anymore. A, <laughs> officially mid 30s. Like, what? I looked in the mirror and went, no, that's, I don't feel 35. Yeah. That's, 35 is like, if I were a, an athlete, they'd be like, you Putting know. out the pasture. Yeah, pretty much like, <laughs> about to like, no, ma, he's my, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> that's, what about, well, that's what would happen to me if I were in sports. Yeah. That sounds about right. But I, and here, I just can't hang in like Halo anymore or, you know, all the Twitch Shooters. What's this new gun you kids have? <laughs> well, it's because you, you none of us have the energy to stay up till 4.30 in the morning playing Destiny <laughs> yes, yeah. every night. Oh, I don't have the energy either. I just, <laughs> I, I just do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Like, I'm uh, really tired. I should go to bed. Let's go one more. <laughs> I'm Ryan McCaffrey. That's Destin Laguerre, Hi, our Destin addict. Destiny addict. Yeah. yeah. I think you've got, a, you've got a problem. I do. But... I guess it's a good problem compared to a lot of <laughs> Keeps problems. Keeps me employed somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm dying for my job. <laughs> Marty Sleva, yeah. back from the yes. literal globe popping, yeah. globe trotting. Yeah, I was in Quebec for the Assassin's Creed Syndicate stuff. I was in PAX. Uh, I was in Wisconsin at a wedding. Officiating. I, I think that was it. Was that anywhere else? Was it? Now I'm worried. I wasn't. I wasn't at TGS. I don't know. I, okay. I, I, Gamescom, you were at Gamescom, right? No, I don't think so. Well, had, he hasn't. It's he's been on the show. Drinking with you at Gamescom. <laughs> My ghost was there. <laughs> My little surrogate Andrew there Goldfarb was, was there. There was a cardigan on a chair, yeah. and he thought it was you. <laughs> they just kept giving it little cultures. <laughs> yeah. And Sean Finnegan, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me back. Happy to be here. Yeah, you're you're all like 
quaffed. You're, you were, you're I looking was about to oh, yeah, sharp. you did your hair. Yeah, I've been Good trying for you. lately. I've been You've been trying <laughs> just like with life in general. Yeah, I listened to this Taylor Swift song where she mentions guys with hella good hair, and I was like, I yeah. want to so, be one of those guys. Yeah. Marty, you are a big T Swift fan. I'm a very big. Have T-Swift. you listened to, to the, the Ryan Adams album? to the Ryan Adams cover Holy album? Holy moly! Is yes. it good? Big fan, big fan. So Ryan, I like Ryan Adams. Yeah, this album. Who's yeah. Ryan Adams? Oh, come on, I'm man. It's like Brian Adams is about to be. Yeah. No. no. Who's Brian Adams? <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I don't know who any of these people you, you, are. No, oh, wow. Okay. Anyway. Surprise. It, it's uh, good. Yeah. Ryan Adams has an entire album where he covers front to back 1989. So uh, he's a musician. Okay. He is a musician. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was getting into that, but then I was too stunned by the fact that you also didn't know who Brian Adams was. I, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Adams family? Do you know who Gomez Adams is? Da 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 dun. Oh, okay. <laughs> you gotta get the snaps in there, Marty. Don't pound pound. They're, they're not. <laughs> just the, so Sean's not confused. Adams family and these other Adams are not related in any way. Like, I am aware of what the Adams family is. <laughs> okay, good. Adams like, family yeah. is two Ds. <laughs> you could have told me that Brian Adams was like the dad in that. Episode. Oh, we like, should have told him that cool. and then perpetuated the lie throughout the unlocked shows. Uh, <laughs> to get to things people care about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. sorry. Phil Spencer will be stopping <laughs> by this. This week, we talked to him at the uh, Halo hands-on event we attended last week. Had a photo taken with him, too. Stop saying that. I, sh- <laughs> I should actually introduce myself to that guy instead of just, like, being in rooms where we're both doing interviews in separate corners together. Yeah. Well, maybe you should have come to the event, and then you could have met him. I couldn't. You were invited. No, I, I know. No, he's put it, He's played too much I, Destiny to go to a No, event. actually, the spot was filled. Yeah, I really, guys... I really wanted to go, and I had to take your spot, Sean, on the live stream so you could go. You guys could Sitter. totally... You, you and Phil could bro it out over Destiny, because yeah. he plays oh, a lot, yeah. and you yeah. play a lot. Oh, God, I wonder if he's hooked right he now. Is. Like with the, his... with the new stuff. Oh, he's, he was telling me he was. I talked to yeah. him about yeah. there at the event. Anyway, Phil's going to be on the show. It'll Stay tuned for that after the news and the Marketplace report. It's about a 20 or so minute conversation, I think. We covered some what I thought was interesting ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hadn't talked to him in a while. Like, um, talked to him on the record, like in an interview form, in a while. I asked him about Final Fantasy XIV on Xbox One. <coughs> asked him about uh, the Elite console. Mm-hmm. Asked him about whether he thinks killer apps are dead. Whether mm-hmm. that's a thing of the past. Oh, so I think it's a pretty good conversation. Hopefully you'll like it. Stay tuned for that later in the show. But yeah, we played Shark. You and I played. Some Halo 5. Yeah, like a significant chunk of it, too. Two we missions. all day. And that's the spoiler-free version. So if you're worried about spoilers... <laughs> no, no, I'm stop. just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we... So there are sadly three embargo. We played two missions from Campaign, a, some Arena multiplayer, and some Warzone. Mm-hmm. Because companies, publishers like to try and get as much coverage as they can. They all they do this, this horrible little thing where they, yeah, they spread out all the embargoes. Are there embargoes. three embargoes? Yeah. There's three <laughs> embargoes, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about flushing one of them down the drain and just waiting. Yeah, yeah, doing, but I had the sense that you would do it because we'd seen Warzone before, so. Yeah, and I've done it in the past. Yeah. I, I'm not, but yeah, we've got, we've got some plans for how we want to do it in a sort of reasonable, totally. you know, way that's, that's not uh, super intrusive, but still informative. So this but is anyway. campaign only? Campaign only impressions for now because the multiplayer stuff. So we'll have some arena stuff for you on Friday at midnight. So thir- Thursday late night. And then Sunday late night, Monday, 12.01 a.m. for Warzone stuff. But, Sean, what what did you think of Campaign? We played the second mission of the game, yeah. which is the same one that was de- not described in the Game Informer cover story mm-hmm. way back at E3. The, mm-hmm. the mission's called Blue Team. Yeah, It's the second mission of the game. And then we played another mission that they said is uh, two-thirds of the way through the campaign, 
with Fireteam Osiris, where we're in Locks a desert. Team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Did you just jump to your death multiple times as Locke? Because I would have appreciated that. <laughs> God, he really <laughs> has so anti-Locke. I, I hate Locke. Don't get it. I only want to. Doesn't pl- do anything. He just respawns. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sweet. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Sean? I thought it was really cool. I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, one of the big draws for me is as a Halo fan to any of the Halo games is this really big and complex narrative. And it seems like while we only got to play a small chunk of it, there's a lot of hints as to all these crazy, cool, deep things that are happening. Yeah. So there's a Remember lot not of to say threads. the thing that they asked us oh, yeah, not no, to I'm say. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> the story, there um, is one spoiler they wanted us to not I'm mention. very pro when it comes to keeping things vague. Good. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like there's a lot of these cool narrative threads, a lot of these cool characterizations. Like you get to see the interactions between uh, Chief and his new fire team or old fire team, I guess. But Spires. these are all... New old can, fire team. Yeah, that we. these are all things that we haven't been able to see in Halo games prior to this. And mm-hmm. it's all very new and polished and very awesome. Were those uh, were those handled like in cutscenes or is it like through gameplay? And it's both. both. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. both. So like, as, as a Destiny <clears throat> fan, like read Fall of Reach if you haven't. Like you have time right now. As a Destiny fan? Oh my god! <laughs> terrible. Get off as a head. Halo fan, <laughs> as a Halo fan, I highly recommend reading Halo: Fall of Reach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. Because I mean, then is, you'll know more about the character. There's also the there is the, the animated movie coming out though. If you want to get extra yeah. lazy about it, that's true. But the book's still good too. I, I'm I'm. Mm-hmm. Happy, super happy! I read that mm-hmm. book, and I can't wait to actually watch. Speaking of which, we should be hearing something about that right? pretty soon. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's com- coming soon. It's coming up before the game. No right? news. Yeah, that's what they said. That's, or that's it'll probably come out with it or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it must be in a two or three weeks tops. Yeah. I'll have to reach out after the show, see what's going. You'll on have with to that. reach out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, it's not with no, the podcast. Just me and you. Yeah. Uh, I've lost control of the show. <laughs> six minutes in. I thought the level design was really cool. Uh, you mentioned it in your preview, but you're looking around a lot more like vertically. A lot of like, verticality. Yeah, a lot yeah. of verticality. You're going. There's one part of the mission where you have to go like down four floors in order to get to some service elevator to go. Longest ground pound ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, Boom. You're taking out enemies, and then you're going down like you know, uh, sort of like these kind of dark corridors, and then down these hatches, and just like up and yeah. through elevators and stuff, and you're like looking up and looking down and taking out enemies above and below you. And the, the jackals and cool. elites have like little sort of mini jetpack. They can, yeah, they, they can, oh, nice. they can oh, yeah. jump. Yeah, they can get vertical too. So they don't just stand there anymore. And all of our footage, you. we captured your playthrough, yeah. so I can't take any of the credit for it. <laughs> you had some cool stuff. That's I, I think it's in our. In the preview that made the final Certainly. cut of like just picking dudes off in midair, it's, it's it feels like it feels like Halo, right? Like you you still feel the same sort of floatiness and speed that you've always felt, yeah. but it feels just a lot more naturally evolved. Like it's certainly faster. Like you yes. feel more powerful because of your new Spartan abilities. Again, you mentioned in your preview, but I once I once I remembered that. I have a Spartan charge. I was Spartan charging everything. <laughs> I want to sprint around a corner, punch someone in the <laughs> face. Just like so a yeah. poor, a poor little grunt. You just be like, <laughs> yeah, go flying at them like at hundred miles an hour, and they go like shooting off into space. Yeah, yeah. well, because you just like it, you know, in remember the original Doom, where if you either shot someone with a rocket launcher or shot someone standing next to a barrel, they would just. Gib instantly yeah. just yeah. turn into like the red mist. <laughs> yeah. That's what should happen. Yeah. That'd be amazing. If you just Spartan charge a grunt, like just boom, and they're just they're just gone. Yeah, it's it's super useful though. Like I mean, don't charge. Like it even works really well against elites because it'll not one shot them, but take their shield off, and yeah. then you can just like pop them in the face with a pistol or a shotgun or something yeah. like that. But like 
I mean, unless the elite has a sword. Don't Spartan. Don't do that. <laughs> who has a sword? Because he'll kill you. Or, or, or. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it feels it felt very natural and very fun. Like a lot of people were kind of, at least in my perception, people were wary of the new Spartan abilities. They're like, yeah. this isn't Halo. It just looks like Call of Duty. I can mantle up ledges. I can do all these crazy things. Like, no, it feels very natural and well within the world of Halo. I can use my arms. This isn't Halo. <laughs> yeah, I'm a seven foot tall super soldier. Yeah. And I can use my I arms. Can't climb up this wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would uh, kindly ask that you go watch my video preview either on YouTube or IGN. Uh, heck, watch it on the Xbox One app, which uh-huh. maybe you're watching this show there right yeah. now. Uh, the the one other thing I actually that didn't make the cut for the preview that I thought was interesting um, was that remember in. In arena multiplayer, back in the beta, and of course it's still that way now, one of their their balances to try and keep people from you know being almost dead and then just running away mm-hmm. is your your shields don't recharge mm-hmm. if you're sprinting. Yes, you, know, you have to you have to stop and and wait for them to recharge. Does not apply in at least on normal difficulty in the campaign. Yeah. You can be you can be running yeah. away and they'll still recharge. So I'm sure on legendary, which I didn't mm-hmm. try, I could have, but I didn't. Yeah, we. I didn't either, just because like we were pressed for time. Yeah, um, I always do normal, and like well, yeah. I always do my first playthrough, just well, normal, a, maybe heroic. Yeah, especially yeah. in a preview event where you're there to like, mm. kind of evaluate and like get the whole content. Yeah, or like at least uh, you. You, you want to know how it plays and feels showing. without dealing with the stress of. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, being they were pretty adamant about like you can try it on legendary if you want, but you will not finish. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we found a skull while we nice. played. Yep. Uh, there are data pads, like little intel things around, which give some backstory. Context, which we, yeah. didn't, we had no context for it. Do the data pads like kick you out to that other nope. app? Like, they they I play. Really didn't like that. These yeah. little like the they little, just like, sort of light up. Things, yeah, they yeah. like oh, sort okay. of light up. And then actually, the the only thing I didn't like about those, I know what you're gonna say, is you have you have to hang near them to halt uh, to, yeah. to hear them. They don't just like pipe into your. It's not, it's not just like the audio logs in like Bioshock or anything. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. you actually, yeah. they're yeah. they're uh, you have to be near them for yeah. them to for them to, for you to be able to hear them, which was a little dumb. So that was the you were describing the chief level mostly, right? Yeah. How yeah. Was, so how that was, was mostly Locks level was admittedly a little less interesting to me because Good. it was just stuff that we'd <laughs> seen. I don't know, of. man. The 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 Kraken part was awesome. Yeah, that part's cool. Was Kraken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A mythical beast. <laughs> watch, watch the video preview. Uh, yeah, no, there's this, like... Is this a spoiler? No. Forget I, we called yeah. out spoilers at the beginning. Yeah, uh, so, so there's this yeah. cracking. It's this giant covenant, like, it, drill yeah, weapon it, It's thing. like, it makes a scarab look... Like very small, infinite. Oh, that's just awesome. is like yeah, it's huge. This thing's massive. Like you have to fly to it. You can't just you can't board it any other way except for flying to it. But uh, yeah, like that was pretty cool. That whole part was cool. There's also this like little puzzle area within this temple that was kind of cool. That yep. you had to like, for once you entered a room and instead like to clear the room, you didn't have to shoot everything to get out. You had to like figure out a little puzzle. That was kind of cool. Clamor up. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I just found like the dynamic between the Spartans less interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the story, I was way more interested in what Chief had to say with his teammates than what Locke had to say. Although Buck is hilarious <laughs> because Nathan Fillion is yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, he's good in every game he's in. Yeah. yeah, just he's just a good actor. Don't you don't <laughs> you do it? <laughs> don't you do it? Yeah. He's a major he's a character. Is he the Taken yeah. King? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, both of them were really interesting. And uh, what was really cool in the that I didn't get to see much in the uh, blue team mission was there's a lot of because this, it's a wide open temple area that we played on the lock mission. There's all these sort of alternate pathways. This also made it into your preview. Mm-hmm. But like, 
they do a lot of destructible walls because now you can Spartan charge through walls and oh, find like neat. alternate pathways. Behind. Like the Kool Aid Man, just like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You burst through a wall and there's grunts and they're like, hey, and you just yeah. punch him in the face. Also, the that sounds awesome. The skull yeah. we found, you had to bust through a floor. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, in order to you get to, to it. Yeah, that one's you wouldn't have found that. I don't think anyone would have found that normally. <laughs> do they use the How power of the cloud? I think Jared found it because that's Jared is like a he's like a bloodhound with yeah. that stuff. He just sniffs yeah. it out. There's a there's a room where you fight these hunter. No, it's not the hunter room. Yeah, when you're, right on, after that. When oh, you're on wikis, you oh. play games very differently. Anyway. You just run around yeah. searching like an idiot. Yeah, uh, but you yeah, have to jump yeah. on a platform and then across from one platform to like a vent and then from a vent onto <laughs> a pipe and then you run across the pipe all the way across the room back yeah. to where you started and mm-hmm. then there's this hole and then you <laughs> climb in the hole and then when you drop to the bottom of the hole, there's another hole and you have to like... <laughs> it's a hole inside a hole. Jared found that. Ground pound through the hole into this room where there's a special weapon and the skull and I was like this how did you find this <laughs> <laughs> that was Jared's whole preview process exactly. just finding that one thing alright yeah I'm stoked there's something about a, a Halo campaign that just yeah, gets it just me feels, excited it right? feels big it feels mm-hmm. like, it does. like I love the scope of it I think that's something people have a hard time replicating and I actually haven't seen another sci-fi shooter do it uh like Halo's world feels big it feels like there's so much going mm-hmm. on and uh as someone who like really loves the lore and the sort of story and the narrative of it, I just can't wait to dive in. It's cool. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, ground pounding. Mm-hmm. Ground pounding. Sorry. Speaking of Halo, hunt the truth. Which yes. uh, I get. I still get tweets of mm-hmm. people saying thank you for turning them for making them yeah. aware of it. I didn't even realize we were going to be doing a, re- a listener service with that. I thought everybody yeah. just knew. We were doing a better job than Microsoft well, once <laughs> of making people aware of it. I was listening to it, and then I stopped around episode four, and then we started talking about it on the show, and I'm like, all right, I'll finish it off. Yeah. And I like just started playing the playlist on my on my phone. Yeah, it's like yeah. only, what, 13 or 12 Thir- episodes? I bl- 12 or 13, yeah. and they're like, like 10 to 20 minutes yeah. each. Yeah, they're not long. Like you could Put listen them on to in it. your car, on yeah. your morning commute, if you're yeah, on, I was, on a I bus. I was listening. You know. So season two has begun. There is a, I didn't know a, that. Yeah, yes, See, I didn't know yesterday. that. Yesterday. <laughs> PSA? Yeah. They're too busy playing Destiny. Yeah. There is a, <laughs> oh, no, uh, I am. You, know, you, could, you could listen to it during the load screens oh, while sweet. you're waiting to go into orbit. Uh, there, there's a sort of episode zero that's just a two-minute, like, quick intro thing. Uh, I guess I just won't even spoil any of it. Yeah, no, I would say... you should need to listen to episode, or season one. Yeah, like... For those of you who are just catching up on this, like this is their sort of narrative esque driven back serial. It's serial, but hey, but it's all Halo audio. Universe. Yeah, uh, it's a fascinating little podcast. You should definitely. I think like they started releasing it. Uh, I don't know when exactly, but it's kind of. It, I kind of perceived it as like, hey, this is the Halo hype machine kind of at work, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I kind of wrote it off. Then after listening to the first two episodes, I was like, wait a second. This yeah, is man, awesome. it's actually good. Yes, yeah. like, it's really well put together. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the preview episode, the two-minute preview, and then a full, I think it's 10 or 15 minutes of, of episode one of season two. And I'm already like, okay, all right, this is going to be interesting. I'm curious to see where this goes. Definitely listen to it if you have not, uh, if you have not caught up already. And what else? Rock Band 4 is in the house. Oh, yeah. Woo! I saw you, 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 That's what you I'm going to be doing a, after this. Ryan was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody came up to me like, are we going to do an unboxing video? Of, I was like, it's too late. <laughs> I already, I already <laughs> opened it and yeah. built everything. I walked in. It's like I, at his desk, he's playing. Oh, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I, ca- I came in in the morning, and I sat all my stuff down, and I turned around, and Ryan has like all these instruments. And I was like, what is the... Oh, it's the rock band. <laughs> <laughs> I started a real band. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm leaving the company. No. Getting the band back together. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to be rocking out, and the, the review for that is going to go up on, I believe it's 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on October 5th, which is the day before the game comes out. Nice. Looking forward to rocking out, mm-hmm. and uh, God, I'm just so glad that game exists again. I hope the game itself is good. Like I, you know, they've made. You know, it seems like they've mostly played it safe from mm-hmm. everything they've said so far. But there's the, the probably the most intriguing thing that we saw when we went out for IGN first was the the career mode. Now the tour is like this whole sort of branching path RPG mm-hmm. type thing, and that's what I'm super interested in. Plus the I want to see how the guitar solos actually yeah. sort of play out in a real party setting, like whether they're fun or just kind of this like everybody else button matching like, distraction. Right, what do I do? I mean, you can turn them off, but mm. so look, that's uh, Rock Band's happening, and uh, also the new dashboard, the new Xbox One yeah. Experience dashboard, has started to happen. If some of you may have gotten invites to it already, definitely read the release notes before you opt in. Read the notes because it's still. I mean, it's preview. It's not done. It's broken with a lot of... Mm. A lot of it, in bits and pieces, doesn't work yet. Uh, Taken King is one of the games that it's not super compatible with right now. Yeah. Damn it. I've read articles that it, like, messes with a lot of things. So, just, yeah. Be, you know, buyer beware as if you want to opt into a preview of a dashboard. of an You know, it's, it's a preview of a new OS. It's mm-hmm. like running, you know, the... Memphis build of Windows 98 back in the day. It's like you you take your life into your own yeah, hands. Yeah. But do we have a date actually locked down for when this is going? They just said November. They haven't okay. given an exact date yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure Halo. we'll have to certify <laughs> right around after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's you that's pointed true. that out, right? Like yeah. all out. the last show. It's smart that they're doing it after. Halo. Yeah, they don't want to. Don't Halo's screw up November. Halo's launch. Keep thinking Halo's November because it usually is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as Fallout. But in any case. We will have impressions of the dashboard. It's I'm expecting it like any minute now. On uh, they, they 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 let us they give it gave us access to it. Microsoft did, but I don't have it yet. So look for next week's show. I'll have some early impressions of it. Uh, so you can if you're not going to opt in or you're not part of the preview program, we can we can let you know what we're thinking. And uh, where's Mitch? By the way, is he still he, dead? He, he, he passed. He passed on. He's gone. Yeah, he's, in, he's no he's longer in with us. Realm. Yeah, no, he took a no, he took a week Japan. off after TGS. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, some much much deserved. He climbed a mountain. Climbed a whole mountain, Fuji son. Nice. It was not Mount Fuji. It was that would be impressive. That would be very <laughs> impressive. So yeah, we'll look for Mitch to make his glorious return next week. Mm-hmm. I hope. I hope not, so I can get more of the trivia <laughs> questions. <laughs> You're like, give me one Mitch more can week stay off the show. Yeah. Well, we'll play a little unlock block trivia coming up later, of course. And again, Phil Spencer coming up later in the show. But first, we'll come right back with the news. IGN's number one Xbox podcast, the podcast unlock presents the news unlock. All right, let's news it up, gents. Kick it off. There's actually not a lot happening this week. It's sort of just everything's coming out. Yeah, not a lot of big news stories. The big one feels like everything's on hold. Yeah, including Hitman, which was delayed <laughs> until 2016. <laughs> Hitman, thanks, Destin. <laughs> By the way, that that's like a that's like a three out of ten. That's that's. <laughs> I am tired, <laughs> Mister. I was up till four thirty playing Destiny. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, we know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you have no self control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Except not. Yeah. So Hitman pushed back to March 2016. The, the re- this whole thing was weird to begin with. Yep. 
that you know it was an E3. They were like, okay, it's coming out in December. There's question mark number one. Yeah. Who does that? Turns out lots of people this year have decided to yeah. try that, although one less now. And then it was gonna be it was gonna be a December release, and it was gonna be sort of episodic, except yeah. it was gonna be you'd pay sixty dollars, but you'd just non-refundable. I might yeah. add, and you'd only get one chunk of the game, and then just the rest would eventually come yeah, out. Yeah, and, and they were like, it. we're going to start tailoring missions to like player feedback and stuff you like. We're going to make missions like that. So, and it all seemed very strange. Yeah. People were a little like, what? Is, yeah. What is this? So, yeah. yeah it's does not strike a chord with mm-hmm. the skeptic. In they've, the they've moved it to March of 2016, which, th- number one, I think is a smart move. Even though first quarter's packed. Oh, yeah. Like, man, I that seems like a better move than December. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I guess we'll never know. But uh, so March for that. And then so here's the quote from IO Interactive. These few extra months will mean we can add more to the launch content of the game, more than we had originally planned, and then follow with a tighter frequency of updates, which will ultimately create a better game for everyone. And in the end, that's what we're all looking for. Yep. That's so that's good news. A good too. idea. Yeah, because well, also you only get the launch once. And if you very Great few point. games are able to come back from a, a rocky launch. Um, you know, there are games that, like, I mean, something like, uh, you know, Destiny, sort of, it didn't, like, come out the gate screaming, like, the reviews well, were sort of, yeah. you know, good to great, whereas right. now, I feel like, especially now with Taken King. We just gave like, it a nine. Yeah. yeah, but there yeah. was no problems with the actual launch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. Um, Marty just means critical reception. Yeah, yeah whereas, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is smart. I mean, yeah, if, if the game came out in December and there was only a handful of hours of stuff to do, and then it was like, well, check back in two months when you have like, some more. It's nah. Like, oh, no. um, yeah. <laughs> I'll be playing something nope, else. You lost yeah. half your player base at least. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm still questioning. I, I still have – I still feel weird about this whole plan, yep. though, of, of okay, they're going to ship more up on day one for your 60 bucks, which is good. But the fact that I'm still going to have to wait for some percentage of the game to come through, yeah. just it's Kinda a little weird. it's a little strange. Yeah, I was going to say like if you like if you're going to do episodic, commit to episodic, right? Right. Like the way Telltale does, like you know that that's their model, but you pay for it that way too. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't seem like you should pay full price and then not get a full product right up front. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, I'm. I'm like really stoked for this game because yeah. Splinter Cell is on a lull right now. It's been two years mm-hmm. since Splinter Cell with no new one announced. They're not yet. abandoning that. You don't think? No, right? no, certainly not. It's yeah. just we're just you know it's probably going to be. If I were, I really like Blacklist. It's like, it was super really good. good. Yeah. yeah, it was a, such a great. I reviewed it. It was such a yeah. great balance to me between you know because we're never we're probably never going to get a Chaos Theory again in the yeah. sense of like just a hardcore yeah just deal with it kind of stealth mm-hmm. game, but. Conviction went way too far the other way for yeah. me. Even though I enjoyed it, it just was like, oh, this isn't Splinter Cell. I like the me. mark and execute. And yeah, Black yeah. Blacklist was a nice middle, middle ground. ground between yeah. those two. So yeah, I'm sure if I were a betting man, which I am, you listen to this show, yeah. you know, I think they'll there will be a Splinter Cell announced at some point next year. Maybe it'll be That'd one be of, great. One of Ubisoft's patented yeah E3 <laughs> surprises. Or what? And I think Splinter Cell Xbox exclusive, timed exclusive. Not think that would ever happen. I think, I think those days are over. Yeah, yeah, especially with UB. Yeah, it, it wasn't not with do Blacklist, that. right? I think no, it came out everywhere. Yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Was it was even a P- Wii U, uh, PC and PS3. Yeah, I think you'll only just, see timed exclusives on really big properties. Yeah, like I think Splinter Cell is big. Yeah, but Ubisoft Tomb- doesn't. I'd say I'd well, say I'd say Splinter Cell is comparable to Tomb Raider. That's all I'm saying. 
Uh, yeah, no, maybe. you guys don't think so. I, I, I think Tomb Raider's bigger. You could make. I think it well, was bigger in the '90s. You could make an argument. Uh, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're basing, of course. I mean, because literally every Splinter Cell for a console was either exclusive or timed exclusive to, yeah. to the Xbox yeah, platform up, and, up until Blacklist. But even Conviction even was. Mm-hmm. You guys are right though. Ubisoft would never do that. They're cross platform now. Yeah. yeah, pretty well mm-hmm. entrenched multi platform. Mm-hmm. But in any case, yeah, I I think we will get a new Splinter Cell next year. But in the meantime, that's what I'm saying. It's what I saw, uh, a, 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 basically a walkthrough, not even, it wasn't even really gameplay of uh, of Hitman, the new Hitman at E3. And I really oh, like the direction. They're totally going back to the <clears throat> the blood money yeah. kind of roots. Which of is awesome. Just mm-hmm. huge open area, just a, a million different ways to do stuff, and it's a sandbox. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I'm stoked for the game. I think it's also smart. I don't know if this was a conscious decision, but to get uh, a little bit further away from the shadow of Phantom Pain. And, like, like Metal Gear and and, uh, Hitman aren't really a one-to-one comparison, but, like, Metal Gear is so huge and fantastic that, like, if you're trying to do anything stealthy, it's almost smart to just distance yourself, you know, put yourself in the next Uh. Yeah, I thought you were going to say distance itself from the movie. It's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. but do you did, think did the that movie tank? Yeah. I the movie even... tanked. Yeah. yeah, it came out again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Is this again. the second? Yeah, they the, there was it. the there was yep. the Timothy Oliphant uh, yeah. version, which I saw. I don't remember it being terrible. I watched it and I was like, uh, Do you remember it? No, I don't remember. not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's He's not a good a time. really good actor. It's yeah. just... They always get the scripts wrong. Deadwood. And, and this one was uh, was he an unknown guy or has he been in a? I didn't recognize him. Yeah. It's uh, also one of those Deadwood like, girl next I, I never, I never think yeah, <laughs> I never think I don't know Hitman I don't play Hitman for its story I don't think Agent 47 is a particularly interesting character he's sort of a, a bland psychopath <laughs> right yeah I mean I think a lot of people saw through that in the trailer like the trailers for that movie marketed it as like this sort of I don't know so ultra like, action like packed spectacle yeah. oriented yeah almost crank style level action movie where it's just like you're supposed to kind of buy into the fact that it's just going to be that and not like a story. And I think that really, they bet on that and it ended up putting people off. And the movie tanked critically and commercially. Yep. I just feel like it may be a stretch, but maybe they're like, let's let people forget about that before yeah. <laughs> we launch our game. Yeah. By the way, did you guys see the trailer for, uh, I'm blanking on the name now, the first person movie? Yes. First per- I didn't oh, see wow. the trailer. Yeah, I haven't called? seen that yet. I don't know what it's called. Was it called, not hard, was it called Hardcore? Yeah, yeah. I, you're surely right. It's yeah. called hardcore. Yeah, like it's, it's, literally, it's a first-person shooter movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you guys haven't seen I haven't the trailer? Is I haven't pretty, watched it. Everybody was on, talking about it, Remember when that, the first-person like chase action YouTube video came yeah. out? It's yeah. that yeah. same guy, and on the strength of that YouTube video, he sold a deal for a feature-length movie of that exact same thing, where the whole thing is shot from first-person perspective, basically on like GoPros or like story mm-hmm. cams, and it looks really intense. Like It looks... And it's yeah, hyper it violent intense. too. It looks yeah. like something I could not watch for two hours. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I said the same thing to a lot of our like film dudes out there. I was talking to Mike P and Mike Aransky, and uh, I was just like, "I this looks really interesting, but it does. It only looks interesting because the execution is cool. Mm-hmm. Like they they're like, let's commit to this first person idea right. mm-hmm. and do the whole movie that way. But like, there's a bunch of shots where I'm like, I would have loved to see that shot in a close up mm-hmm. or a reaction. But shot right I here. mean. Mm-hmm. It's all just not like that it's in first person. Maybe it's a little apples to oranges, but for instance, I think the commitment to first person is one thing, one reason that makes Mirror's Edge very special as a video game. Yeah, that's true. Whereas if there'd been totally. either if if the that had been either parts third person or all third person, I would not have 
felt nearly as strongly yeah. as Didn't I do about Doom that Doom do game. that? Like they went in the first person for a section of the movie? It, it was yeah. uh, when he when yeah. he uh, gets the um, BFG? the equivalent of the. Uh, he gets the, the power sphere. Oh, the, the, yeah. The blue, yeah. you know, oh, well, in yeah. the game, it's the blue orb like thing that gives you the right. 200 health and 200 yeah, armor. Yeah. Well, like, Megasphere, yeah. that's yeah. it. I agree with you on Mirror's Edge, but I think Mirror's Edge does a much better job of executing it to the first person perspective. Like, there's, again, watch this trailer for Hardcore. There's this part where, like, he jumps off a building and lands on a moving car, and he's on the hood of the car hanging on. Mm-hmm. And. I would love to see that in a wide shot, right? Because he's on the top of a car, he's getting swung back and forth, and instead all I'm seeing is like the sky and kind of parts <laughs> yeah. of the hood and stuff. Yeah. And I get it. I'm in the action. I'm in his head. But it's like it just doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not as good a movie. Yeah. Uh, but I admire the execution. Like I yeah. admire being like, I want to do everything first person, and I'm going to tell the whole story that way. So it looks cool. But what were I, we talking about? Hitman? We were talking about Hitman <laughs> yeah. somehow. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went way off the rails. But... Uh, are we in agreement? Hitman in March is a much better idea than Hitman yeah. in December. Mm-hmm. This is also just yeah, making sure. Q1 even crazier. <sighs> With Quantum Break and Mirror's Edge and Uncharted. Oh, boy. And... Technically, Quantum Break is April. So it's not oh, that's officially right. the first quarter. Yeah. I guess same thing with Dark Souls is April as well. But you got, yeah, uh, Mirror's Edge, Deus Ex. Oh, jeez. Uh, Hitman. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Microsoft has announced any first-party stuff for the first quarter. Mm, just, no. Just... Quantum Break in yeah, April, yeah. But you know, maybe below, maybe inside, yeah. Maybe Cuphead, yeah. Any of those sort of indies, like triple yeah. A indies that we've mm-hmm. been seeing for a while, yeah. could could land in sure. that first quarter. Yeah, Dude. that's literally just Microsoft games. Yep. Well, <laughs> save up those finish Fallout gift quick cards. Kids. <laughs> oh God. Oh, there's no way. <laughs> as soon as Fallout comes out, like that's gonna be. That'll be the game that pulls. Hundred hours later. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like Hit. I was, I've always said, I'm intimidated by games like Witcher and Dragon Age because of that hundred or two hundred hour. Yeah, like, said the guy has a thousand mark. hours in the Destiny. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> um, it's not. <laughs> it so is though. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a different type of game. It's I have like two thousand hours in Counter Strike for the same reason. You're a different type of player. Yeah, but your two thousand hours in Counter Strike over the last you fifteen know. years. You would say that Destiny and Witcher are the same type of game. No, no. two hundred no. hours is two hundred hours. Yeah, Doesn't I'd say spending it. People, no, I'm that. saying people enjoy different experiences in their gaming. That's all. Some people like the Witcher experience where they're going to invest a lot of time in the narrative and the story stuff. We like to shoot stuff and get cool loot. You know, I think that's a totally different philosophical argument, but. Uh, <laughs> Point is, yeah, the Fallout will be the game that pulls me away from Destiny and Halo, yeah. which are the two games I'm going to be playing, like, probably exclusively over the next year. Yeah. All right. Hitman's an elite operative, and he deserves a great release date. Oh. Yeah. I love how everyone's side. <laughs> like, you <laughs> What else is Elite, Dustin? <laughs> the Xbox One Elite controller, which had a release date announced. I'll yeah. go. I'll see myself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. You're over two, my friend. Uh, yeah, uh, October 27th, San Diego's Hello. Shocking. Yeah, right. I'm. I could can't believe this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. You got your competitive MLG aimed shooter, your big game out on October 27th. Ship your pro controller the same day. I am shocked and amazed that this controller for our first person shooter is coming so, out. So, I don't know a lot about competitive gaming, but like mm-hmm. if there's a, a massive Halo tournament, are you allowed to use these controllers? Yeah. yeah. Does everyone sort of have to uniformly Most use the same do. thing? No. No? No. Like, no. 
a lot of the MLG players, like I think Scuff is and was or is an official and, like MLG partner, and that's what this controller is aimed at. Because uh, yeah. I'm told that the Scuff thing is like 250 bucks, and this is 150 bucks. Oh yeah, so it's going right for it. I mean, I'm a pretty hardcore first-person shooter, and I used to play, like I used to play very, very competitively. Now I just don't have the time. But like, yeah, 250 dollars for a controller that will help me a little bit, maybe, possibly <laughs> not. Well, at all. For but me. if you're genuinely a pro gamer, that $250 oh, well, sure. investment could be the difference between well, winning yeah. $10,000 exactly and not. If you're a pro yeah. gamer and you're playing for money, this is your livelihood, then yeah, every sliver counts. That's yeah. what esports is yeah. about. But like, yeah, for the average gamer, it just seemed like such a steep price point. And plus, I just don't like the idea of third-party stuff. Like, call me crazy, but like, I remember the old, like, what was that company called that made like peripherals for Nintendo stuff? Nico? Nico? Nico, Nico. Nico. Yeah. yeah, there were a number of them. Mad yeah, Cats. there's a bunch of them. Mad Cats, like although Mad Cats makes better products now than now they, they do. Now yeah. they do. Yeah, they've there was a while. They used to be a garbage. There was a while there where they were all uniformly oh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uniformly terrible. Yeah, if if, PS2 if, if a friend, if you went over to a friend's house and they had a third party controller that oh, you yeah. were just like, oh, well, I rather honestly, I'd rather not play. Yeah, like if they had me the third party controller, I'm like, no, I'll just watch you play. That's when I got my PS One, I got a third party memory card with it that would just consistent just wipe itself wipe out. <laughs> and I remember, like, I God. played the first half of, like, Final Fantasy VII so many half? times. Because it's oh. just like, oh, no, you're, you're done. Just oh start over. Oh, my God. I guess. Unforgivable. I will. Yeah, so, like, I'm still burned by those, like, from yeah. those days. So I don't do third-party third stuff. Third-party stuff's a little bit better now. No, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah. And I can say that objectively. Still not going to do it. Sure. So the fact that there's an official first-party Microsoft-licensed, Microsoft-designed controller. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And yeah. Microsoft, I mean, has a... They actually have a great track record with peripherals in particular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you go all the way back to Microsoft joysticks on PC, yeah. the IntelliMouse, oh, yeah. like the old the laser, their laser mice back in the beginning days of laser mice were the IntelliMouse Explorer was uh, like the go-to gaming mouse for yeah. years. The uh, what else? I mean, of course, the 360 controller, the Xbox One controller. We're not going to talk about this guy right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, people hate on it. We've all had like missteps, it. Marty. The like, S was great. I like how big it was. The S was great. The S was great. Seamus Blackley himself yeah. Yeah. has <laughs> listen, admitted. Go back and if you didn't listen to two, 201, listen to Seamus Blackley's story about how this got yep. designed. And it's, <laughs> it's so, so good. Funny. Yeah. He's like. They could do everything they wanted to do, this Japanese company, about, mm. like, staggered sticks. Everything's great. The downside was it had to be the size it of the It was huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my It's goodness. super funny. But so, uh, yeah, it, well, goes, it goes back to this first-party thing. Like, I just think companies have a better sense of their own hardware and their own software. Sure. So companies that tend to be vertically integrated where, like, they design software and then they make hardware for that software, it tends to be a better product. Mm -hmm. Like, look at Apple, right? Like, that's exactly what Apple does. And Very Microsoft's true. doing it for this controller, so mm -hmm. I trust that more implicitly than a scuff controller. Yeah, I mean, and I, it's cheaper, so why not? Yeah, you know, the D-pad on the Xbox One is very good. Yeah. On the Xbox One controller. Yeah, very. But I kind of want to get the, like, I actually don't, have any interest in the the back paddles? I don't know what they do. They confuse me. <laughs> no, you can. They're mappable. I know. So. I know. It's just weird. But the the like cool spaceship saucer looking D pad that's on yeah. the elite looks mm -hmm. really. Have any of you guys actually held it? Yeah, just I did. I, 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 yeah. I used it. I played it. Yeah. it I played uh, a little Halo Three from Master Chief Collection for like literally three minutes in the noisiest place ever. Yeah. Not that you need no you yeah. know sound to evaluate, but. Not enough to get a just just more to feel that oh yeah the build quality is super mm -hmm. solid. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is like what I love so much about it is I'm someone who puts a lot of time and a lot of like 
pressure on my controllers. Like I play competitive SP competitive FPSs most of the time, so I'm button mashing yeah. a lot, and my triggers wear out. I thought out you were like, quickly. you better do good in school. That kind of pressure. No, not <laughs> like that. But like my sticks wear out really quickly and stuff. So like if this controller has a much better build quality and it's going to last longer, it may be worth the hundred and fifty. Right. So I'm excited for that. And you're right. By holding it, you can feel it. It's a little bit heavier. The sticks mm. are sturdier. The triggers are super clicky. The bumpers are even clickier. Yeah, yeah. The D-pad's my, amazing. It's pretty cool. My only su- sort of disappointment is that it's still AA batteries. Like yeah. For that oh, money, yeah. I'd like a rechargeable. Now, obviously, they probably skip that either for one or both of the, of the following two reasons. Either it would have just driven up the cost way yeah. more mm-hmm. and or it just wouldn't have lasted very long because that's like – the DualShock 4 is such an improvement. Like, the DualShock 4 is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's got so much better than the 3 was. Yeah. But the rechargeable built-in battery just does not last that long. Yeah. Well, it's also, kind of annoyingly short battery life in also, it. Also, there were... I read this, and actually, I said the same thing. I was stunned that they went with the AA battery approach. But, yeah. like, my suspicion is twofold. It's like, one, they say, well, if you really want a rechargeable battery, we have the plan charge kit, which I have, and it works just fine, yeah. which is great. The other thing is that PS3 and PS4 people have complained a lot that when the controller battery dies, like the whole controller is done. Dead. That's like true. You have to replace the whole That's thing. That's a fair you point. Can't just switch the battery out. Like the whole controller well, is dead. But they could make, so. they, you know, Sony chose not to make it like a, a removable battery pack. But yeah. if they wanted to put a rechargeable pack in the Elite, they totally could have. I still play wired. I mean, I just don't trust really? those batteries. Yeah. Still play wired? Yeah, definitely. No, Snake. Oh, how uh, how Otacon, unprofessional. Otacon disagrees with you. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Destin's just ruining the, fire, the show in his the return. fire team's gathering. <laughs> yeah. only it actually was somebody from my fire team. Why am I not so high? He lied to us. Yeah. Hey, did you get that Gallahorn yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's old. It's the spindle. That's so it's three the weeks spindle ago. today, Ryan. Yeah. I'm sorry. My, please accept <laughs> sorry, my guys. sincere apology. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, same. Uh, so potentially October 27th could be a really expensive day for you if you're buying Halo Five, particularly if you're opting for oh, one geez, of the, the higher cost edition. editions. And of course, this $150 controller. Keep an eye on IGN. We'll probably have an unboxing. Right? We'll have an unboxing. Yeah. We'll definitely do some videos and and have be able to. We'll talk about it plenty on this show too. Once we get our hands on a, uh, once we have one yeah. for for all the time. All right. Uh, let's see, Marty. Feel yeah. Like I haven't heard from you in forever. I know. Why don't you take us through what we can spend our money on this week in the Marketplace Report? Uh, The big ones are uh, FIFA 16, Skylander Superchargers, and I'm going to make an amendment to this list on Sunday for some reason, because I don't know why games come out on Sunday, um, Lego Dimensions, which I'm currently reviewing. Oh, that's this week? Yeah, that's this weekend. Um, I'm glad you added that. Yeah, so uh, we'll have... You're reviewing that right now. I'm reviewing that right now. Uh, When's our review go up? uh, The embargo is Friday, but I just started the game like two days ago, so... Yeah, we got it. We we only just got it. Yeah, yeah. and so, yeah, I've been playing with that. Uh, my desk is littered with toys. I feel like a five-year-old. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that'll be up probably early uh, next week. FIFA 16 already went up, I believe. That sounds. I like, think that sounds so. Right. Yeah, and uh, review-wise you're talking about. Yeah, review-wise, yeah. 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 And Skylander is currently being worked on. Uh, digitally, uh, I almost said Perineum. 
which is not <laughs> what this game is called. <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> uh, Panarium. Uh, it's nine dollars. Has a free trial. It's a frantic two D uh, arena arcade game. You'll remember it now. Yep. <laughs> Pumped BMX, which is a real Pumped oh, BMX plus Marty. Oh, I thought. Apparently, this is a mobile game that's now oh. being moved over. That's hence the plus. It's a it's a little BMX bike tricking game. Which hey, you know what? Those used to be super fun, yeah. and they don't currently exist. So mm-hmm. I hope this game's good. I hope it's better than BMX triplets. I, that's pretty tough to. That's yeah, a, that's a low bar. <laughs> that's a low bar. That's a low bar to to spin around to, to dance to dance to spin upside down. Yeah. Uh, Plague Inc. Evolved, uh, which is a pretty popular iOS game. It's very fun. Strategy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You try to take over the world and kill everyone using a virus. Mm -hmm. Start Uh, Madagascar, pro tip. Start Madagascar, pro tip. So when everything goes to hell, you know what that's Mm. Uh, The Book of Unwritten Tales 2, which is a comedy uh, point-and-click adventure. I need to try this. This sounds great. Absolutely. Blood Bowl 2 for $50. That's Seems like a lot of money. Our review, <laughs> our review is up for that too. Oh, any good? Seems Probably. like a lot of. Money. I don't know. <laughs> Titled Blood Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then once again, uh, in the marketplace, you can get NBA Live 16 uh, Pro Am demo. Sweet. How much the, is that? Did you did you see? It's a demo. Free demo. demo. I know. Did you see joking. that video of yeah. was oh, it Kevin I, Love at the free throw line? Yep. It's. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. So. It's, I didn't see that. I don't want to make fun of it. Like, I know. It's, I mean, those sports games like Bugs are the funniest they're the best. ever. Yeah, yeah this, this, the, the one that made the rounds <laughs> yesterday was yeah, Kevin was... Love at the free throw line. He's literally he's putting the ball up, and at the last second, he turns 180 <laughs> and shoots at the other back, the yeah, other team's about basket. 75 feet away. <laughs> really great. Um, and then once again, Games with Gold, uh, you can get uh, The Deer God and Tomb Raider Definitive uh, for the rest of the month. Yep. And then on Xbox One and on 360, <coughs> Crisis 3. Which is Groovy. A pretty, pretty good video game. All right. Marty, thank you, sir. Yeah. We're going to come right back with the man himself, Phil Spencer, right after this. All right. It wouldn't be an episode of Podcast Unlocked. We've got to check in with Phil Spencer every couple of months. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So we're here playing Halo 5 today, but taking the opportunity to ask you about a bunch of stuff. Okay. Because uh, that's your role now, overseeing everything. <laughs> Answer questions about a bunch of stuff. That's yeah. my <laughs> but I kind of want to start with, you know, uh, how are you feeling about the platform this holiday insofar as how it relates to your goals since taking over? I mean, we've got a new dashboard. You've got a, we've got a pretty solid fall lineup between... Uh, Forza 6, which has been received very well, yeah. Halo 5, and then Tomb Raider after that. So how, how is it going in, in regards to the goals that you've set out for yourself and the team? Yeah, teams are doing incredibly well. I mean, you, you mentioned I'm gonna, I'll start with Rare Replay uh, and then Gears Ultimate Edition. It was cool seeing the NPDs with yeah, Minecraft and Minecraft. Don't forget another. We had three first-party games there. You assume Minecraft's going to be on the NP- on the list every month. <laughs> the game that just continues to plot along, and uh, but it was you know that that was nice. And then as you said, the, the Forza launch, Forza game I love, uh, and to really have a, a launch that only the critically reception critical reception's been great. Sales of all of the games have been really strong, which is nice to see, uh, and we've had somewhat flawless launches with them. You know, the multiplayers were... Knocking and, on some yeah, wood on this table I know, right but the uh, you know, Gears and seeing how that did and, and Turn 10 did a good job with Forza. And then we've got certain people that are getting and getting to see the, the dash. We've got some a select few in the preview program uh, to the new Xbox Experience stuff, which is exciting. But the teams all up have a lot of energy right now. As you said, if we look forward over our next 18 months at the games that are coming... 
Uh, I don't know if the studio's teams ever executed as well as they are right now, just from a quality and quantity of content, both new IP and existing franchises. It's uh, it's fun, and people are buying our console, which is is great to see as well. Yeah, well, you're you're hitting a couple. I was going to save a couple of these for later, but I'll start actually. You, know, you mentioned smooth launches. Are you know, Master Chief Collection launch didn't go well. Yeah. So I got to figure there's a lot of pressure with five. Are you guys just crazily over prepared? For, for Five's launch at this point, given the, the seeming, you know, no margin for error with the, with the, in the minds of the fans? Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing about that, and, and you've spent some time with 343, no team took the, the challenges we had around the launch of Master Chief harder than, than 343. Uh, even though a lot of the team was already on Halo 5, um, that it hit that whole studio incredibly hard. And you, you don't have to walk into that building and bring up the focus on multiplayer stability. They, yep. they, right now, it's like at their core. Uh, we've been looking and running a lot more, more broad tests than we did with Master Chief because we learned. Mm -hmm. And uh, bringing in a variety of locations around the planet, getting thousands of, of tests going at the same time and feel good about those numbers. You know, launch when you're adding millions of people on a single day is always an interesting yeah. uh, time. Uh, but the team is hyper, hyper focused uh, on the launch of this product. And they know that both for the longevity of the franchise and this game, uh, that having a, a good launch is critical. So what are your goals as the head of Xbox for 2016? It's a good question. What boxes do you need to check for it's 2016 to be a good year? You know, the, the thing I, I focus on as much as anything as a kind of meta of how, uh, how Xbox is doing is Xbox Live. Like the thing I'm looking at all the time is how many gamers and players do we have on Xbox Live? What are they doing? What's the diversity of content there? Yeah. Looking and you know those numbers right now are really strong. It's all based on the, on the back of great games, right? There's no when you look at what people do on Xbox Live, they play games. Sure, but that's a big focus for for us and the team is how do we continue to grow the vibrancy of Xbox Live? And I think that's kind of one number we can focus on that encapsulates a lot of things that then the teams go off and drive. It's not the only thing yeah. uh, that we focus on, but that's important. We know the best on-ramp to Xbox Live is Xbox One. And selling Xbox Ones is a great way to grow the live base. We're seeing more and more people coming from Windows 10. We obviously have 360 people who are still sure. playing at time. We just did a new flash update for the 360 base. So we kind of have three platforms that we're supporting now, and we're seeing great growth in live, uh, which is nice. So uh, you mentioned selling Xbox Ones. Sony just cut the price of the PS4 in Japan. Yeah. Historically, that has always meant that a U.S. price drop follows soon after. So are you prepared to respond if uh, Sony does cut the price in North America, or do you feel like you'll, uh, you're good where you are? I fully expect that they'll drop price. Like when I just think about, uh, as you said, their, the, track, the kind of playbook that they've, they've yeah. used in the past, uh, you know, we feel good about the plans that we have in place going into holiday. Um, and, you know, if, if history tells, then we'll see a, a price drop from them coming. Uh, it's great for gamers when price competition happens. Uh, we saw that last holiday and we saw crazy sales numbers um, from all the consoles going into the holidays. Always a good time to do it. Uh, you know, they, they've talked about Paris Game Week and that being an important week for them. I don't know. It happens to be right before November, maybe. Yeah, uh, interesting but, timing. <laughs> so, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, we've we've planned out uh, both from bundles and other things what we'll be doing through the holiday, and we feel good about our plans. 
So um, on, on that similar note, you know, you guys have been pretty aggressive with price cuts and the bundles. So I'm kind of curious, just from a, from a platform health perspective, is every Xbox One sold at a profit now? And the reason I ask that is because just historically, certainly on the Xbox platform, it's, it usually takes a couple of years for you know, efficiencies and whatnot. You're usually, you've, you've sold them yeah. at a loss, typically. And so are, uh, is everyone in the green at this point? Uh, it's kind of, I'm not trying to dodge the question, it's kind of hard to answer specifically because of just the economics on an individual console with the game that you put in and how much you paid for the game and everything. Um, What I can say is the Xbox business all up is in a healthy position. And that was something, while probably wasn't on my t-shirt when I took the job, uh, is, is something that was incredibly important to me because I I knew as like I, I love this business I love Xbox and, and I love the customers that we have and when we sell a console to a customer I want to make a long-term commitment to them that the company I work for and the brand is something that will be supported into the future and I knew if we're not running a good business that I couldn't really say that with a straight face because we're a publicly traded company and you know it's it's about making money with the business that we're in now we also sit in a company that has Windows and offices, Office, probably two of the most profitable franchises yeah. of all time. So I'm definitely well, we're not giving saying, away Windows for free now. <laughs> it still is a good business, and you know, so I'm not standing up saying Xbox is a, is a business equivalent to those. Uh, but I knew I had to get the f- kind of fundamental business of what Xbox is about into a good spot so that I could be truthful with the fans when they say, hey, should I buy an Xbox One? I say, yes. I know it's not only about what we're doing now, but what we're doing in the future. I want to riff on that just a little bit more because one of the things that I I sometimes hear from people as we're doing things on Windows uh, is, hey, you're you're taking away capabilities on my Xbox. And I I just, I I want people to understand that for us in, in, on Team Xbox and driving our business, the more games that we sell, the more people we get into Xbox Live, more consoles we sell, the more people buy games, uh, buy Xbox games, the healthier the business is and the more we can invest. And you see us now with our first party portfolio and the games that we have, and I'm incredibly proud of the new IP that we're working on, the franchises that are, the existing franchises that we're building. Um, I just feel like that the people have to, should understand that the health of the business and our ability to sell more means that we can invest more and we can do more. And in the end, that means their Xbox experience all up will be more valuable to them. And that's our, that's our goal. So as we're partnering with our fans and our customers to help grow this business and make it more interesting, know that our, our goal is to do as much as we can and making a, a successful business is part of that. Uh, we, well, we just came a long way from, are we making money on consoles? <laughs> we're, we're in a some short version, we're, we're, we've come a long way from bleeding red ink on every original Xbox sold. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, I mean definitely the, the plan from the beginning uh, on the original, original Xbox, the OG Xbox, you know, that was kind of, let's go find some pieces on the shelf and put them together and build something. Uh, this was our third one and we could be a little more thoughtful. Yeah. That said, the console sale itself is not where you make money yeah. right, in this business. And uh, it'll razor, razor blade. That's exactly situation. right. And you know, it'll oscillate up and down as prices change, yeah. whether you're actually making money on the console or not. Uh, but all up, I feel good about the health of, of the Xbox business and, and you know, our, our play in the space. So on that note, uh, the inevitable 
slim version of the Xbox One console. I don't expect you to sit here and announce it to me right now, but what when that inevitably does happen, what were you, what will your goals for uh, a, you know a new a, a new you know slim version of Xbox One be? You know, every time we build a new a new hardware component, whether it's the Elite controller or whether it's the TV adapter, you know, is, is to make the best piece of hardware that we can that's matching what our customers want. Uh, and you know, when we put the original console together, the one that people are buying now, it's been nice the the uh, kind of robustness of that box. We haven't had any any kind of issues with. No performance or our uh, kind of breakdowns or anything it's been good so I mean, first and foremost is is with any console that we build is to make sure it delivers on the expectations of the customer when I think about where we can go size is always something you can focus on uh, making it pretty and, and good looking is always something you can focus on um, you see us doing some things with hard drive space and hard drive s uh, speed now yeah. I think that's an interesting space for us to look um, and making sure that it, it's an innovative piece of hardware whenever we put out something will be critical. Uh, that said, I actually feel good about the box that we're selling right now. Like I said, it, 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 it's well, it lasting well. it works and well. it's dead silent. That's right. What so, else can you ask for, really? Exactly right. And uh, it's so, you know, because I know there were some rumors even now, is there some kind of slim version? And I said no, um, and the answer is no. Uh, because I actually do think the consoles that people are buying now are good consoles that will last for an awful long time and do exactly what they were meant to do, which is play great Xbox yeah. games. I mean, at, at some point when that slim happens, is uh, do you think, do you think uh, the market's ready for... For you to, to lose the optical drive and go full full digital, or you think uh, we're not there yet? I don't. I don't think we're at that point. Like I, I like giving uh, people the choice on how they want to buy their games. Yeah. Uh, and if people want to buy retail games, I want to make that available to them. You know, I can see the numbers of the people who are buying digital versions of games versus cons uh, retail versions of the games, and uh, more people are buying disc-based games, and uh, that's a that's a good thing. And funny enough, when I look at the usage of apps, like the Blu-ray movie player is still a fairly high-use app on the box itself. So I think when we look at what the cost is actually of putting that drive in the box versus the perceived value loss if you took it out, right. you kind of are moving the opposite direction than you'd want from meeting the demands of the customer. That said, you know, when we think about other boxes that are, like, I look at like what Steambox is doing or, you know, every other ecosystem for digital media, uh, you see obviously digital sales through the roof. Uh, one more hardware question for you, because we've got the Xbox One Elite coming. You yeah. touched on it a minute ago. Uh, where did that come from? And secondarily, would you recommend it to existing, would you recommend that existing Xbox One owners upgrade to it? Part three of that uh, is the new Dash, the new Xbox One experience built to take advantage of the SSD partition at all. Ah, interesting question on the second one. The, the box itself, you know, I, I grew up in this org. Original Xbox, we didn't do so much of this, but on Xbox 360, we had a Pro and Elite and Arcade. You know, yep. we, we had diversity of price point and functionality because there's certain people who come in and just want the very best that we can offer at any point. Uh, and I think that's a, a good part of our strategy continuing forward. Like we should always make sure that we've got something for the discerning customer who comes in who absolutely wants the very best that we're going to be able to offer. And I want to give them that opportunity, and you, you see that in that box. Uh, but I also know that opening price point and having something at the, the kind of uh, that's very affordable is also important. Yeah. And, and we're going to try to make sure that we're always hitting the needs of the customer there. On the the 
Thank you. On the Panama, and, and Panama's the code name for the thing, um, uh, on the new Van dash. Van, huh? <laughs> <laughs> on the new dash and, and the Xbox experience, and it's uh, for the, the hybrid solid state drive, we didn't actually, um, like it, it's not really gonna exploit that in any way that would make an existing customer, like if you're really happy, like I'll take you. Like you've, yeah. you've got your, your Xbox One, I know you've bought your external hard drive and you've plugged it in, so you've kind of dealt with, if, if space is an issue for yep. you, you've dealt with that. Um, you know, I w you can you should go try it, but it really wasn't meant to try to flip you from your setup that you have now um, to a new, we know people will do that, to that console, uh, but there's nothing about the new Xbox experience itself that would also say, hey, that it will be faster. There's no doubt sure. about that. Uh, but I don't know that it would be faster enough to say that, you know, it's it, that you'd want to go off and spend hundreds, million, hundreds of dollars more to do that. Uh, so thinking a little more broadly, I, this is something I've actually brought up on Unlocked from time to time. I, what do you think? Is, is, do you think the killer app is dead? I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be sitting here without Halo, That's the right. killer app. But, um, you know, I feel like when I, I mean, I, I don't see the sales numbers you see, but it seems like there hasn't been a real killer app since Wii Sports in 2006. In, in my opinion, you may disagree, but uh, do you think that, do you agree with that? And if so, do you think it just takes a, a, an entire portfolio of great first-party first titles to, uh, to lure a customer? Because that's, that's what I see now when I look at Xbox One. I mean, I mean it, w respectfully, I don't see a killer app on Xbox One, but when I look at next year, uh, below, inside, Killer Instinct Season 3, Quantum Break, ReCore, Cuphead, uh, assuming Forza Horizon 3 happens as, as the pattern. Are you trying dictated. to announce a game? I will always try. Uh, Scalebound, Crackdown 3, Halo Wars 2, Sea of Thieves, Gears of War 4. When I look at that, I go, man, I need an Xbox One. So what do you think about killer app and is in versus, uh, you know, obviously you want a portfolio, but do you think uh, the killer app is, is a thing of the past? I don't actually think about it much. That I don't know that that's right or wrong, but I, I don't. I do, when you ask the question and I, I, I kind of think through, I, I kind of take it as a sign of health in our, our business that... The diversity of the kinds of people of games that are being played on console today. I mean, to some people, the killer app was The Witcher. To some yeah. people, it was Batman. Like we saw sales of consoles go up when those games come out. Obviously, we're sitting here with Halo Five, and I know I've got millions and millions of 360 customers out there, and they they kind of grew up with Halo as being the the flagship franchise for Xbox, and now Halo Five is going to come and backward compatibility is here, and we think this is going to be a great time for 360 customers. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. When I look at the live numbers and I see what's being played in the top 10, uh, you've got a couple sports games, you've got a couple shooters, you've always got Minecraft sitting there, right. you've always got a couple of the new releases that pop. And I see that diversity of what people are doing in the box is a great thing for us in the gaming industry because it's become less about everybody's going to go play game X for two months yeah. uh, and more that you, you see the just people find their niche of what they like to go play and they can go do that and those games are selling enough that they can take some confidence that those games will continue to get built. Right? And that's obviously what has to happen. You've got to have the games be built, and then you've got to see some financial return right. for people building those games. And I think that just means that overall there's health. I do think it's, you know, when new hardware comes out, like the Wii or Kinect Sports was probably, or Dance Central, I guess, both of those around the Kinect launch. Unique input or maybe display paradigms. I think you probably will see something in the VR space that probably grabs everybody and right. says, okay, that's the one to go get. 
people have looked at like the Hollow, uh, the Hololens experience with Minecraft, which actually isn't a game yet. It's kind of still a demo, but said, boy, that looks like something that everybody would have to go get. Um, but I agree with you in the console. But I take it as a sign of strength that we just have such we have enough players buying enough stuff that you see a lot of different things as the killer app for an individual. A couple more for you. Uh, can you walk me through? As I'm a big Halo Wars fan. Great. Can you walk me through how Halo Wars 2 came about and how, you know, were there other developers in the mix? Because, you know, there's probably a short list of people that are even really qualified That's right. to make a Halo Wars 2 a, a console, a good console RTS. So, you know, was anybody else besides Relic in the mix? How did, Not Relic. You know, when did you come? Creative Assembly. Uh, sorry. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's been a long day. No, that's okay. Creative Assembly. I even had it written down wrong. So I guess late last night when I wrote this stuff. Anyway, pardon my uh, dumbassery. I'm not saying Relic would have been a bad choice. <laughs> Creative Assembly. Yeah. So uh, who's you know was there anybody else on the short list? And uh, when do you sit down and go? Yeah, green light. So you're exactly right in thinking about the studio as being critical to something like a, a Halo Wars. And uh, not to divert, but just for a second, you know, kind of what's going on a little bit with Phantom Dust is one of those examples as well. You've got to have the right studio to go deliver the right game, otherwise it's just not going to work. Right. Getting the game done only makes you feel good at launch. You really want to have success with the game and make sure that all the pieces came together. Killer Instinct was another one that when we started to do that and you started to vet different studios who might do it, make sure you're going to find somebody who's going to do that franchise, do justice to the franchise. Halo Wars, console RTS, not, as you said, the problem space has few solutions yeah. when you think about uh, studios that can really do this. Top of my list was Creative Assembly. Um, when I think about the Total War and I think about their, uh, their focus in the RTS space and a studio that has some console experience with some of the work that they've done, uh, so it was great that they were interested, and obviously with the Sega relationship, there were kind of three parties getting talked about yeah. uh, to make that happen. Uh, how it comes about, Bonnie and I sit down with the team. Um, I'm a big fan of the franchise, so I probably push a little bit harder. Uh, we write up what we think the game is without a partner. Um, we go out and solicit partners and say, hey, here's what we're trying to go do. Mm -hmm. In this case, solicit a partner. Here's what we'd want to go do uh, and see if they have passion, see if they have time, uh, see if we can make the business terms work. Right. Uh, and then we start looking at production schedules and everything else. And the green light happens when all of those things are lined up. Here's what the game is. Here's what we think the opportunity is. And here's who the partner is. And we'll do some creative treatments about what's going to be unique. And I did a, a milestone review with them about a month ago where I, I tweeted out a picture of one of the... the uh, a statue they had built, but uh, and I feel really good about where that game is, and it's just another great way that Halo can show up as an IP to fans of both Halo and Xbox. You know, you got books, you got toys, you got video stuff that we've done, and I think Halo Wars will be a great addition. So, where's my uh, backwards compatibility on that? Uh, it's, on Halo Wars, yeah, one. no, it's got to it, happen, right? I mean, I, I well, I've said already that I want all of our first-party franchises yeah. to be there. Uh, and w that's one of the things that we've definitely talked about is, okay, there are a lot of people who played Halo Wars, but a lot of people who didn't play sure. Halo Wars. Uh, and giving them the opportunity to go back and see why that franchise, uh, I think, mattered. Uh, and backward compatibility means we can do that without having to go and crack open the code and uh, redo the game in some way, I think would be a nice opportunity. 
Is, uh, do you have any insight as to why uh, Final Fantasy XIV is not on Xbox One? Is there any, anything you can offer to that? Because that's obviously it's a fantastic, one of the best stories. By the, as far as development stories, this incredible turnaround is what is now a fantastic MMO on, uh, you know, is there, is there anything you can say about that? No, not. I mean, the, the, the business deals that happen to keep things from happening in different places are probably not something I can, I can comment right. too much on. So it's a, it's a political situation? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I think it's, it's business, yeah. right? I mean, it's, uh, I, I, talk, I'm not going to talk specifically about that situation. I will say, as I've, I've grown in this role uh, and I've, I've tried to learn, um, the kind of exclusivity, third-party exclusivity thing and you see us doing probably less of it now. Yeah, uh, is something that I, I I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I love working with third parties. Don't get me wrong there. Um, like our work with Todd on Fallout and bringing PC mods to console. To me, that's well, us. Rise of the Tomb Raider is a well. Rise of the Tomb Raider is a, li a little different though, because like we're actively in, but we're publishing yeah, that game. Yeah, so that's all uh, in on that. Yeah, but the kind of the marketing of, of something just for time. Yeah. Um, I like adding features. So we can work with Todd on Fallout and we get uh, PC mods coming to Xbox and people say, was well, that an exclusive feature? I fully expect that feature will end up on PlayStation. Well, he's already said so. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and it's... Just after, but you know, later. We're going to, because like, we we're not quite sure how it's going to work yet. So it's great to be able to partner with this dude. We, we kind of know now. But like when we were originally talking about it and to be able to build a solid relationship to make something happen, EA Access is another one of those where you know, they wanted to build a vertical subscription that gave content offerings. And mm -hmm. we said, okay, great. Let's go partner to try to see if that is something we can do together. And it's, it's features that bring something to games. In case of EA Access, people can decide to use it or not. In case of mods on Fallout, people can decide to use it or not. Um, in the case of Fallout, or, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, it's us getting involved in the production and publishing of a game. Um, so, you know, for us, for me and Xbox, I'm really going to focus on how our relationships with third parties bring something special to the game itself and try to keep away from just the, hey, we're going to pay so that somebody else can't play with something. So no no ray of optimism to offer at the moment for, in the case of Final Fantasy IV. No, I mean, it's because, like, those, you know, different it, kind of deals happen. Right. And, and I, I know that's part of this business, and maybe it'll be my failing at the end, but it's it's just not something that I embrace. And specifically to any deal that's out there, whether it's that or something else, it, it's not something I can explicitly talk to. Sure. It's a little happier uh, as we wrap up here. Uh, what's going on with Cuphead? It seems, it, I uh, apparently... Uh, I heard you're pumping more money into it. We're getting some, some, uh, just more content into that game. Big fan of the game in the studio. Uh, in fact, we've shown it here in the space where we happen yep. to be sitting now, and uh, been playing quite a bit of it. And when you find something that is special uh, in in its own way, which I think a lot of people see Cuphead as, I want to make sure it. A couple things. One, it has the time uh, to get to the kind of ripeness that it needs before it yeah. comes out. And then if that happens at a time that's not great for a game like that, I want to also be able to work with the studio to give it the right launch time. Sure. And what we've seen is as you start to roll into this 
period where you get a lot of the bigger games launching, it's not a great time from a sales perspective for those kind of games yeah, that are smaller. So if we can work with the studio to give it enough time to land uh, at a time where I think it can have sales success, and you've seen us do things like with Max when it came out, Curse of the Brotherhood, and when that landed, um, I think it, you know, and people have asked me, hey, what's going on with Inside? And a lot of these are around, well, let's make sure the game's coming out at a time that uh, will matter for the game. And sometimes the studios could use some help in making that happen, because obviously they would yeah. like to see revenue. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if, if there's things that we can do to help make the game better and to make the studio whole and um, land the game at a time when people are actually going to have the appetite to go buy it, I'm absolutely in favor of us doing that. Awesome. Especially on something as cool as Cuphead. Uh, what's uh have you played Sea of Thieves? And tell me about have, what you've, how good, a, you know, what your experience has been playing it over at Rare. Yeah, I have, and uh, we've actually been playing Sea of Thieves for longer than than people might expect. I mean, the first time I was playing, I was playing with Phil Harrison over there, and just to give you a sense of kind of a while ago, we've been more, yeah, that's a game that's been under development for a while. Um, the People know my fixation with co-op gameplay and yeah. Destiny and things right now. Uh, and the emergent nature that happens in games when maybe you give people a real big palette of things that they're able to go do in a co-op space, uh, I think could will lead to some, some very cool f- features in that game. And uh, that's I'm excited to see Rare take their heritage in kind of pure mechanics, gameplay, and, and, and character that they've built over so many years, go look at Rare Replay, uh, and bring it into more of a, a, a connected online space. I think we're gonna see some real special things. The, the thing I want people to know is that the game has been under development for a little while, so um, they, certain people look at the turnaround and you know, dates and other things and say, well, maybe it's not a full game. It, it's a game that we've been working on. When, and hopefully soon I'll be able to find out exactly what it is. Like yeah. Really what it is. Well, this, I mean, you know this. This isn't a great time for us to be talking no, about games that not. aren't this holiday. Um, I think it's going to be, I, I loved the, while sometimes it was a grueling stretch from E3 and Comic-Con and, and MineCon and China Joy and Gamescom, like this summer has been uh, a pretty amazing just PR jaunt. Uh, next year is really going to be exciting because the, uh, I think about the games that we have to highlight. You've seen some of the Quantum Break and Scalebound stuff that we've done. Absolutely. Sea of Thieves. Halo. I mean, you went through the list. And uh, when we're talking about new things, it's always uh, it's it's different. Uh, it's not better or worse, but it's when you're explaining new worlds and new characters and new capabilities in our games. It's going to be a fun 2016 talking about all the things that are coming. And last question is uh, let's a little more. Phil, Phil explains. Pull, up, pull the camera up a little bit. Uh, this year, we, traditionally, we'd never see a big AAA game ship after Black Friday. It was just not a thing that was done. This year, Rainbow Six, uh, Just Cause, and Hitman. So I'm kind of curious. You know, would you ever do? You, would you ever do a, a major first-party release in December? Do you think the industry is changing in that regard? It's a great question, and it is. Uh, the, the problem we used to have is, honestly, if you didn't sell in your game before basically the Thanksgiving weekend, you weren't going to get more units on the shelf until sometime late in December. So right. you saw us really stocking Meaning the Meaning sell in with the retailers. That's right. Shelf so space. that when you go in the shelf space and just 
availability, like in how many new units. Because if you think about a Walmart or a Target or any big store, a GameStop, that the number of, of people who want to put new product on the shelf as things are selling out any day, like you just have nothing but stock people on the right. floor the whole time. Um, our capability there and our ability to ship directly to stores as opposed to going through distribution and all the other places that kind of add time, and this is an industry, this isn't a, an Xbox thing, um, has gone up considerably over the, the last few years, which means you're not worried about getting shelf space and exposure in the first, second week in December. It can actually work. And the other thing is the rise of digital. Yeah. And people can actually buy these games because uh, you you know buy these games digitally, and it doesn't matter about shelf space, right? It, it, they just have to get exposed. People, we know that one of the busiest shopping days of the of the year is December twenty fourth, right? Like people, it's not like there's not money to be had sure. uh, for these games later on in the year, and having those launches at more spread out when everybody used to take November 1st to November 24th, what is it, 26th this year or whatever, and just kind of carpet bomb every day of <laughs> November uh, with games, I don't think it was healthy for anybody. It wasn't healthy for the games or the gamers. Uh, so I like seeing them spread out. And our direct ship capability for retail and the digital availability of the games, I think, has helped quite a bit in making that possible. So maybe it's someday, the time may be coming where we'll see a major first-party Xbox release dropping in December. The thing I definitely want to allow is games to hit, have enough time. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to slip something if we don't think it's ready. And uh, you can say maybe that's hypocritical on like last year on the back of last year's Master Chief and stuff. Uh, but it it is it is true that like I want to give the teams the time, and if they need to move the game, um, and if that you know that used to put a lot of pressure on teams. If you don't hit November third, right, you're going to move to February third because nothing happens in between. Yeah. And then if you're the studio, and then you're going to sell half as many units because you're out of the holiday. It's like this vicious cycle that would mess with studios and teams. And I also like that we're seeing successful games ship in January, February, March as well, because it, maybe it's not just December. Maybe yeah. it's you see one of these big games move into the, the beginning of the year and really have great success there as well. All of that's more healthy for game development because it, it takes some of the pressure off time. Uh, and also more healthy for the industry because you just get great games that can get their time in the sun. All right, Phil Spencer, you still got your intern listening to Unlocked every week for you? <laughs> I, I haven't listened this week yet, but I have been listening. Yes, good job. I, no, I always have a good uh, time listening to the show. You were a little thin, though, and sometimes during the summer, it was like you had a couple people on. It would just I thought you did a great job, but so many people traveling. All these you, summer shows we're I talking know. about. I got, I got, I got, they, all, they all abandoned me, Phil. What can I do? But appreciate you joining me. Thank you. And uh, we, we're looking forward to a fantastic fall and uh, great, as I listed, a great 2016 on Xbox One. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Unlock block. Can you take on the challenge? Yeah! Alright, good stuff with Phil. Always good to chat with bye, him. Bye, Phil. Miss you. Bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> he was leaving the room. Oh, okay. It's theater of the mind. I, I'm with you. I like that. You should start the your joy own of radio, cereal, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Marty and Phil hunt the lies. <laughs> yeah, Marty's cereal would just be called cereal C E R E A L. Yeah, talk like chocolate. Eating. Oh, yeah. Can you be? Can we start a cereal review you, show? You'd play. You'd yeah. You just. I did. You'd that. voice all the characters. So <laughs> Tony the Tiger. Oh man. Uh, it's Toucan <laughs> Sam. Wheaties boy. Fred Flintstone. Count Fred Chocula. Flintstone. What's Count your Chocula. Toucan Sam? 
follow your nose. <laughs> wow. I, that was my, I, I can't believe you remembered the tagline. I couldn't. I forgot my mom's birthday two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot your own birthday. Own birthday. <laughs> yeah. It's the important things. Yeah, we learned Marty, uh, like a couple months ago, we learned, we learned that Marty... Was like a like a Cuban baseball player, <laughs> where it turns out he was like two years older than he said he was. Dude, I thought you so. I always thought you were like two years. You had portrayed to me that you were like two, maybe three years younger than me. And it turns out we're like the same age. Right? I, it wasn't a. I didn't portray. I I was so into the lie that I believed it myself. It wasn't a lie. It's just a thing I forgot. Is it really your a lie birthday? If you believe it. Yes. You forgot how old you were. <laughs> oh man. Unlock block trivia time. Two That's what years. we're actually here for. <laughs> this, the Dookie Trophy, is at stake. All you got to do is get the highest score at the end of the year. Oh God. Currently, we're so close. Mitch clings, clings to a lead. That might change today, Ryan. It might. I hope. <laughs> oh, upgrade notes. Just leave me alone. <laughs> All I, think I he has, want. Think uh, he has thirteen. Why? No. Where are this new you system, do the search. This new, new iOS, by the way, I don't like it, right? They <sighs> changed we're on there's the no, topic. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't upgrade yet, but I don't see a search feature. That's going to doom me. No, there's anyway. kind of crazy All right. stuff going on. Yeah. I don't know, man. Mitch has 14 points. Destin, 13. You can tie it today, so. my friend. I hope so. This the is shark at six. Marty hanging in 11. You're well, not out it, of the running so yet. So hold on. Is it mathematically impossible for me to win at yes. this point? There's not enough weeks in the year. <laughs> You're unless you'd have to go on a hell of a streak. Okay. And Mitch and Destin would have to both pass away, <laughs> or meet their untimely demise. Took a trip to Madagascar and Mitch got sick. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Our winner this week, just for having his question chosen, is a gentleman who identifies himself by what I presume is his gamer tag, Brentley one one seven. Clearly a Halo fan, as indicated as indicated by his question, mm -hmm. which is Halo related. The Halo 2 soundtrack, which I genuinely believe is one of probably the top five best soundtracks in any video game ever. Mm. Halo 2 soundtrack was released in two volumes as a, you know, a CD release. The first of which featured a few songs by several leg <laughs> well, legendary, maybe a strong word, several, <laughs> several popular mid-2000s artists. Which of the following bands was not featured on volume one of the Halo 2 soundtrack? So we've got Incubus, Linkin Park... Hoobastank, and Breaking Benjamin. Everybody writing down their answers? Yeah. Has everybody written down? down? This is answer. a great question a great because question. all these bands were really big at this time, and they were all on soundtracks and stuff like that, so really, really good pick on the musicians. I, I actually I did remember this because I've listened to the soundtrack a million yeah. times. I, I know. I know forgot Breaking Benjamin was a thing. Yeah. They, uh, so, uh, did you know that Halo broke them up? Really? <laughs> not, a, not a joke. Whoa. So, uh, the... The uh, dumb song. I think we've. I think I've told this story on the air before, but they 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 put that the song that was on the Halo Two soundtrack, "Blow Me Away," mm -hmm. yeah. was they re the band released it like years later. It was on the radio, but with uh, with a a female like duet vocals, like sort of as a you know featuring so and so, and apparently the, the lead singer was super pissed about that, and the the band broke up. Jeez, like they, you know, they did it without him, without like his permission or something, or without his you know, buy-in. Just like Destiny's gonna break this podcast. What, what are the lyrics? Blow me away. Do you have the will to fight to survive? It's like really, it's a dumb. Song. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. how it goes, but I'm really curious to hear your version. <laughs> I'll just make some stuff up. Anyway, 
So, uh, yeah, which who, which of those bands was not on volume one of the Halo 2 soundtrack? I'll go Shark's Way first. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I think I screwed up. You can still change it. I have an answer. Also, no, no, it's all right. I'll also, stick with my no... answer. What? All right. Sean Finnegan. <laughs> what are you so down by that. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what are you fighting for? It's <laughs> this fake trophy. We I have to have goal shot. I Hoobastank because I don't think any soundtrack ever should feature Hoobastank. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm going to make Destin st- stress out here. Marty, I'm going to go to you. Uh, I said A just because I didn't know. Going with Incubus? I, I, because Incubus, I think, is the only one of these four bands I sort of like. It also seems like Incubus is too big to have been on a Halo thing. Yeah. It's, it's who wasn't on volume one. I don't. I didn't even know. Yeah. It was, There's two volumes. I didn't so, even know. There were that's two how I screwed up. I thought it was who was not on it at all. Oh. So I said Lincoln Park. B. I think Marty's right with A because I actually listened to this soundtrack. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So somebody is going to gain a point today. That's mm-hmm. the good news. And that person is destined. Oh Whoa! yes. Okay. Oh, God. Whew. You've tied it up. Now we've got ourselves a contest. You guys are going to be like poisoning each other's lunches so that you know, somebody's out sick. <laughs> oh, the Mitch day. was sick like, again. I would, I would bring, on Wednesday. bring your own lunch on that's Tuesday. Good. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's my strategy. Let Mitch yeah, and uh, Destin take each other out <laughs> like a shark all attack from behind. Believe it or not, Incubus had two songs. Oh, so on that. And it's, 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 it's all instrumental. It's like this big, long yeah. instrumental thing. I knew. Yeah, Hoobastank yeah. was on there and then Breaking Benjamin with. Uh, Blow me away. So Lincoln Park wasn't. So I was a little confused by the question. Lincoln Park wasn't on the soundtrack at all, or just not on Volume One. Uh, I'm not sure if they were on Part Two. Not to my knowledge, but okay. Again, I only have I have like Volume One burned into my head, but not Volume Two. But the question was clear. I got it. I'm happy. You nailed it. Good job, Brent. You've got yourself a prize. Uh, I will try to hook you up with some sort of code for something here in the nearest future. Feel free to reach out if you don't hear from me super soon because there's not enough hours in the day to get everything done around here. (laughs) That's That's real. Let's hit the road. Before we do, I've been asked to inform everyone that uh, I know a lot of you are members of our Podcast Unlocked Facebook group. We're giving away 10 sets of Halo Mega Bloks toys courtesy of Mattel. That's awesome. On there. So just visit the podcast unlocked facebook group for your chance to win you'll see a you'll see a post about that so thanks to mattel ign prime is how you can help yourself have a better ign experience by getting rid of ads and help us out by keeping us employed which is uh, sounds like a pretty good deal to me yeah it's win-win go to ign.com slash prime to sign up it's 30 dollars for one year and then the other one, uh, Destin, the T-shirts. I know you're a, you're a fan yep. of the T-shirts. Go Fire to Team IG. Chat has a sweet T-shirt. Yeah, oh, the Unlock like, T-shirt is pretty nice too. I like both of the shirts of the shows that I'm on, but it's uh, go.igen.com/store. Easy to you remember. Can, yeah, you can check out a uh, variety of T-shirts of all the different shows if you mm-hmm. listen to a lot of our shows. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destin, fin- take us home. What do you got to plug? Uh, I'm working on a lot of Destiny stuff. We're going to do raid strategy this week. So if you're about to run nice. the raid in Destiny, if you're a Destiny player, uh, the raid does have some uh, complex mechanics. So, I mean, if you get stuck, you know, come check out the video and we'll take you through that. There's a new weapon, the spindle today, which you definitely want to get. Uh, yeah. Groovy. Shark? 
Follow me on Twitter at I'm Finnegan. I also play a lot of Destiny. Add me on Xbox Live, Finnegan Space II. I will always need people to PvP with and raid with. Like Destin said, the raid is really, really hard for those players who, for those people who don't know, it took like the world's best crew 11 hours to finish wow. it the first time. And it will, my guess is that it will take casual players or like easygoing players months to finish it. Is is Luke Smith the most sadistic man in gaming right now? <laughs> it's really fun once you get it down. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say well, it's Well, the mechanics are, yeah, yeah, like, it's not unfair. Yeah. Like, the mechanics are tough, mm-hmm. but... Tough it, but fair. Yeah, if you screw yeah. up, it's because you screwed up. Yeah. So, it's cool. Uh, we'll be streaming a lot, so stay tuned to IGN and uh, <clears throat> keep an eye out for our Destiny features. Excellent. Marty? Uh, check out all the Assassin's Creed Syndicate stuff that we've been doing all month. Hell yeah. Uh, earlier this week, we put up our f- sort of part one of uh, Making of, which had uh, a look at Jacob and Evie. And uh, yeah, we have part two going up uh, later this week, which is going to uh, take a look at London in the game. It was really good. They're, Jacob and Evie, definitely from that video, the most interesting heroes we've had yes, in Assassin's in a, long in a time. while. Yeah, probably since Ezio. Yeah, totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in case we've all forgotten or unfollowed you because we thought you oh, were dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, at McBiggity with two G's and two T's. Groovy. Mm-hmm. Two G's, two T's. <laughs> Find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. There's a link on my profile if you like the shirt I'm wearing of my uh, to my little web shop where you can buy one of your own. And what else? Uh, like I said, working on the Rock Band review. That, yeah, the big thing, the Halo 5 preview. Mm-hmm. Video preview that I've got up right now on IGN or YouTube or the Xbox One app. And then, Sean, you and I are going to have some stuff for Arena multiplayer on Friday and Warzone on Monday. So look for that. And I think that's pretty much it. Cool. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanks to Phil Spencer for taking time out of his day to answer all my questions. He He never shies away. That's what I like about him. Thanks to Sean Finnegan, Marty Sleva. Destin Legary. My name's Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 213, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.